0: You're listening to The Entrepreneur's Agony Aunt podcast. Keeping it real, telling the story like it is, because there are no mistakes that somebody else hasn't already made. Hello, I'm Vicky Brock and you're listening to The Entrepreneur Agony Aunt podcast. Each week I'm joined by an esteemed guest as we explore one listener's burning startup question. You can submit your problem at vickybrock.com slash podcast. This week's question has been submitted by Jane, who writes, I'm an entrepreneur with a very low income. Which ways do you think would be the most effective in boosting the visibility of my startup? So what better guest to join me to talk sales, visibility and general audacious startup hustle than Callie Russell, founder and CEO of Mosey. Welcome, Callie.
1: Hi, Becky. How are you doing?
0: And now there's some people who may know us both personally who may think they've just stumbled into a parallel universe because I think there's a slight urban legend around our inability to stand the sight of each other. But you know what? (laughs) While I do sometimes think you cross the line from bold to bullshit in a way that I am just constitutionally not capable of, I genuinely do have a huge admiration and more than a little bit of jealousy about your approach. So if we could start off by you telling a little bit about your Molesy story and how you've taken that from a low-income startup like James to kind of where you are now.
1: Well, I don't think anyone's ever described me as crossing the line from bullshit to, to what, what
0: was the line there? Oh uh, uh, yeah, was introduction it was kind of bold, bold, to bold to bullshit. But
1: that's like... that's, that's charming Ricky, you know, I'm giving up an hour of my week to come do this and that's how we've started this conversation, great. <laughs> uh, so no, to kind of give kind of background, Malsey is, is the UK's biggest multi-retailer shopping app. Uh, we started with a simple idea of wanting to to make kind of shopping easier for people. Uh, we've kind of evolved around to, uh, on one side of our business, have something that does genuinely make shopping easier for people, uh, and you know, work with some of the biggest retailers around. Uh, a lot of people kind of describe it as, as Tinder for shopping. We just like to think of it as, you know what, just a really easy way to shop. And then on the other side, having an offering going back to retailers saying, actually the biggest problem in your business is not how do I sell more stuff, it's how do I sell more stuff profitably and that to us is then saying, do you know what, make sure you have the right stuff to start with because you end up discounting so much stuff right in that. So we have a B2B offering that we call Malsy Insights, which focuses on letting them actually test stuff before they actually uh, they actually make it which takes away a, a lot of cost from their businesses.
0: And was that kind of deliberate plan on your part to kind of do the B2C consume attraction first and then shift yeah. down the line? So
1: we always thought of this as a kind of a five stage business and I would say we're on stage number three. Which is basically the idea So you've got to build a great consumer product. You've got to get that consumer product to scale, uh, and we now generate you know twenty million customer opinions every single month. So I think we've achieved that box. And then you get to do the fun B two B bits, which is where you actually get to make revenue and kind of build revenue lines and you know, spe- spend spend the day looking at sales theory. pipelines <laughs> and, and going through all these sorts. in theory, uh, I'd hope, and in reality now as well, which is which is nice. Uh, and then kind of after that is you then thinking about, you know, how do you scale into other, other places and, and do other things around that. But yeah, it was always the plan. Uh, has it taken longer? Yes. Because as you know yourself, everything always takes that little bit longer than you thought it would. Even when you get a little bit he more long longer than to, that we are now done this for a long time and actually say, do you know what? we've got like this little bit more breathing space in something, it will always take that little yeah, bit yeah. longer. I mean,
0: I always do. used to start off with, I was like, you know what, I factored that in. I've doubled it. Like, I'm a type A personality. It okay. won't take me that long. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, it, just it, it does. just takes longer because, yeah.
1: you know, especially when, you know, when you're doing anything and you, if you're doing B2B sales, like, you don't have all the control. You are in someone else's world in the sense of, like, they have to say yes to buying from you. And you're one of three things on their desk that day. So they're going to be moving you about. And then it's all about how do you get yourself up that, Charts, you know, I mean, like, what is it you can share? What is it you can put in front of them? How can you target them? All of these different things around that.
0: So, um, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong. I think you're from a PR background originally. Is is that something that you kind of have consciously leveraged along the way?
1: I think. I think the thing around this is that you know you come into any startup with a skill set. So, yours is a data skill set. So, you're very good at that part of it. Okay. Like, I don't have that. Like, I have a rough understanding. I can do some things, but you know what? It's not going to be nearly the same world. You know, if I go back and look at my life, though, is say, right from the age of 16, 17, i I've been selling things. So whether it was working in a mobile phone shop, whether it was like a car boot sale, whether it was going all the way back and looking like young enterprise at the age of 16 and being the sales director for our company, kill placemats and coasters, and we turned like a five grand profit as a bunch of like 15, 16 year olds. It's like understanding that and communicating that back out after I finished uni, I, I kind of came out in that joyful two thousand and nine when we had all these problems with yeah. our economies, no jobs, I no know, economy. There, yeah, exactly, it wasn't no it was, it was, it yeah. the greatest time for graduates <laughs> to come out. To be honest with you, thanks, thanks, guys. Uh, but basically, what we kind of came out to was that there's very few graduate jobs. I was lucky that I managed to get a job with a with a, with a really well known public affairs company that did a, a, a good chunk of PR as well. And I spent six months there learning and understanding before deciding that actually, you know, at, whilst being young you don't really have a lot of responsibilities, I wasn't used to having lots of money, I didn't have lots of outgoings, I didn't have dependents, so actually I could jack it in and go start something, and if I spent the next three, four years of my life failing to start companies, then I would still be in a much better place, and I'd probably have ridden out a recession, uh, and then can say, right, actually, you know, this person's gonna be in your graduate programme for the last three or four years, that's great, but I've actually gone and ran a business, employed people, you know, made sales, did all these things, and I was like, well, I will just be as well suited at that stage than, than I would do then, so sadly I've just never never gone back.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know, I think it, it becomes impossible to go back. I don't know, I, I, <laughs> I've I, had various people tell me recently I'm completely you know, unemployable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> lots,
1: lots of people tell me that I'm un- unemployable <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, no, lots of people tell me I can do lots of things and it's just a bit of a red, red, uh, red rag to the bill. But yeah, no, I think, you know, the PR part of things is, you know, we have like a, a head of comms mail and stuff now as well, but it's something that we, we do really focus on and we really invest in because actually you can get like a huge amount from it if you've positioned it well you're telling a story but the thing around this and you know it's all about the lines that you take and actually what we said at a very early point is that you can't just have a single stream PR strategy because in a startup you're selling to multiple different things all at different times so you need to think about different ways around that so from the very early days, we kind of said, right, that's our B2B trade press, that is our B2C consumer press, that is our B uh, business to investor press, and that is our business to staff press, because those are your kind of key stakeholders at the starting point, and you need to tell a message to each group that makes you an attractive place to either work with, to invest in, or to kind of work. In any one point in time and I think that was really beneficial for us to kind of go do and we took steps along the way where we actively said you know we're gonna go do this specifically for PR uh, because we think that the value of that is gonna be worth this from us on the other side of it and the thing for us as a B2C business is you can see the tangible impacts of PR sometimes so if I go back and say right back you know really at the start we had gone B2C we had done the tender for shopping service piece and we did like one feature where you could share products between people, and if your friends said no, then we blocked the buy button. Which is counterintuitive as an e-commerce business to stop people buying stuff, mm-hmm. okay? But we did that, and we had it live for about three months. We promoted, like, When we first promoted that out to Press, it got a huge uptake, like it was everywhere. I think it was worth probably about 18,000 consumers to us in a two, two and a half week period. And you're kind of like, yeah. in reality, we've done something, this is what it's come out for. That's totally worthwhile doing because it's a fun, different sort of feature at a yeah. point in time. And then we killed it because it really, wasn't what we wanted to do.
0: But it served its purpose. But
1: there's lots of coverage. You know, it gets mean, you on to that next page.
0: I kind of, that that combination of the PR to drive sales, that's driving visibility, that's driving yeah. the story, I think that, you know, when you've got nothing to work with cash wise, mm-hmm. y- you have to, to utilise that. Yeah. I mean, I am. I, um, I'm not a natural salesperson. Mm-hmm. I kind of grew into being one, not least when you know. Rather I don't think like anyone called
1: you, you a natural salesperson. Becky. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest.
0: Ironically, though, I did become a sales director at one point. Um, I, I would yeah. much rather talk with a graph <laughs> yeah, <I> think, <laughs> and numbers. Yeah. I did know an elegant equation. A bit of jazz hands. I but actually, hands, you know yeah. what? I I loved it. I loved it when I was out there yeah. telling the story of something yeah. I really believed in. It's the phone yeah. sale. Yeah. You know, actually mechanics of that the admin of it please (laughs) let me leave the room now I've kicked down doors I've been enthusiastic you want me to actually kind of follow this up with a proposal and everything
1: that's the (laughs) harder bit yeah but it's 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 the age-old thing that like you know someone talking me through it it's like the the founder sale is probably the most powerful sale at the starting point because people want to buy into that you know especially people who you know in reality if you're running your own business lots of people want to do it and lots of people that you're selling to probably want to do it or the lots of people that you're selling to if it's at the right level have probably done it already so they're kind of buying into your story to that same sort of sense. so making that story like a really great story and you know get people excited about it I think is, is super super interesting at the same sort of and I
0: think it's really interesting you talk about internal PR as well as part of that because having everybody being able to tell that same story um is kind of critical as you as you come through and scale do you kind of see the free scrappy kind of thing as the the way to go indefinitely as a young company or How
1: is you part it
0: well you know when you're kind of like you know you're doing it yourselves you're jumping on every kind of PR social opportunity you can oh, get yeah. you're managing it all in-house as opposed to bringing in the adult supervision as soon well as you can afford it
1: so I think I think it's this is a really kind of great mix around this because we've done it both ways so but we've done it totally definitely so when we first started you know I, I got a PR background but first time we did something we hired like a PR fashion agency and they like got us nothing and they were meant to be the adults okay right and we spent like a decent chunk of our budget they brought us nothing and then I was like do you know what I'm just going to do it myself for a week did it myself for the week got loads of coverage and they didn't even pick up on it do you know what I mean Like, so I had to go to them and say hey did you see all this and they're like do you see what and they're like I've been in all these things and they're like And I was like, yeah, we're not going to be paying you this month really, let's be honest, this is is a dead relationship now for further sex. And it becomes kind of different. And then we did it like totally ourselves for a while. And then we brought in a freelancer, Mel, who is like still with us and is like part of the family, is head of comms, is here a couple of days a week. And it's just doing like all these different things. You know what, it's teaching us lots of things about how we communicate internally, how we talk about things, how we use wording. And it's like, you know what, like, checking all of our content that's going up, is writing content. You know, we have partnerships with like, you know, we had partnerships for quite a long time, last year with like the Daily Records, we had like a weekly column, which is B2C, which she ran. We've got one with like a, a big fashion blog where they take like our content every single week about what the top products are, which is great positioning for us on a B2B perspective. So I think at the start, if I was like super early stage and there's like five people, I would just do it myself, like, because you've not got the money. Like, and you can go out and tell a nice story and around it. There's loads of tools now that will help you, like, send stuff to journalists. But actually, PR, it's it's personal relations. Like, to me, it's not, part. it's like personal relations. As you build your relationships with certain journalists, certain people you give them stories you help them and it's a two-way thing so I know there's probably like 10 journalists at different publications or different places that I've got on Twitter that we can I can DM something to or they, they'll DM me something so like this week I've had like two comment pieces from Fashion Press and it's kind of like the only reason that you're getting that is because they know you they're like hey Callie give us a good comment and you know what we'll turn something around like if I ask for like hey can you do me like 200 words on such and such a topic you'll do it pretty quickly and that's great for us because it's then visibility yeah. at the same sort of stage but you've got to build those relationships you've got to get on with people you know I mean like that as well and it's like you've got you've got to enjoy that and everything that goes with it like, <laughs> you're looking at me it. as though you think that I don't enjoy it I'm
0: it's, 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 it's not that at all it's like, like I'm
1: just I'm thinking I'm just thinking about <laughs> I'm just thinking about some of the some of the, the things around that is because you've just you know it's, it's something we often talk about is like you're just building this nice relationship and it's great and it's a two-way thing though because like, they'll sometimes come to you or like do you know what you'll know of like a really good story that one of your friends is doing and I'll, you'll just be like well I can just introduce you to like and, and they appreciate that because it's content.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like media people are looking for content and there's less of them around than there used to be so their time is more constrained. Yeah. So if you can create beautiful content and make that really simple for them it just becomes it becomes super super simple and i i probably lost count of the times where like someone will say to like another startup, will say to me hey who should we get to do our pr and stuff and you're like well you guys are probably not at the stage where you need that so instead like make a release and like i'll happily send it to like three four people that I just know and it's good for them it's, mm-hmm. good for, it's also good for me because it's like well you know Callie's like been helpful to, to both sides yeah. and I enjoy that Yeah.
0: and you know I think that when when it has worked extremely well for me uh, it has been for the same reason you know it, ha- it helps that I live near BBC Glasgow studio yeah, <laughs> and that like, I answer the phone at like 4.30 yeah, in the morning exactly and we'll show up ticket, but you know yeah, yeah. when you're helpful and you kind of show yeah. up and do something like that it, yeah. it kind of goes both ways it's all, it's
1: all about that building that through and I think for any company at the starting phase around that is you have to have a great product product okay but if you make a great product then that's all well and good but if no one ever knows about it you're not going to sell it okay if you have an average product but you have amazing story loads of people will buy it so it's about getting those two balances right and it's about walking that line, and for us, you know, sometimes you know our story sometimes maybe like a month in front of what our, the thing is. But now, like our products, much further in front of what our chat is. Like some of the stuff that we're doing with companies just now, I'm like, oh my god, we just did this amazing project, and we helped turn around this really interesting company and add proper percentage points to their to their like to their margin. And you're kind of like, but we can't talk about it because it's all under NDA. Yeah, <laughs> so you're kinda Yeah. Like, I mean, I am a big believer, ads,
0: yeah. even more than I was at the beginning. I'm, I'm a big believer in that whole kind of test first and, and build second. Yeah. Um, and I think social exposure, floating stuff with your customers, floating stuff into the press and see yeah. if people get excited see, is a really good way of testing yeah, okay. whether anybody but, gives a damn before you exactly. try
1: something. But this is the whole thing. So a lot of people, when they start like, well, I think we've had this thing over the last kind of, Three, four, five years—for definitely as long as you and me have been about Vicky—and we're now, we're now old. Like, we're all hands at this stuff now. Let's be honest. Right? Now I feel okay. really older at the yeah. young person uh, that I I feel all these things. I like, mean young staff I'm like, "You guys are so young! Like, I'm nearly thirty. How dare you be doing <laughs> cool stuff?" Uh, but what I think is really interesting is it became like hot and cool and sexy to be like a startup and like have your own company and all those things, and that's great and it's a really positive thing, but. Then it becomes so much more difficult because there's only this amount of content. There's only this, and what I like to think about it is there's only this amount of oxygen, mm-hmm. and everyone's there's now more people taking up oxygen, which then makes it more difficult for you to kind of grow and you to kind of do all these things. things. So, as a starting point, is actually saying, you know, we go back to our, our original question how do you make an amazing story? Because if you make an amazing story, if you really think, what is your backstory? Why is this interesting? The fact that you have a business or the fact that you have launched a product is just not interesting, it's not engaging, it's nothing like that at all, you have to really realise what, like, you know, th- put, your, put yourself in the reader of a magazine shoes, or the reader of a newspaper shoes, what do you want to read about it? Hey, Vicky has a business, it's kind of boring, yeah, do you know what yeah. I mean like that? So what? Vicky has this business, these are interesting things about Vicky, da, 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 da. that's much more engaging, so you have to tell that same sort of thing as well, so you have to build out that story, and understand that storytelling is important. It's not the most important. I think too many people get stuck in that it's the most. That it's the most important. You've got to get the balance right. You've got to do both things at the same time. But if you get the story right, then it's a much easier sell. So.
0: And I think that extends through into all aspects of it. I mean, that extends through into product development. Mm-hmm. That kind of extends through into yep. your enterprise sales process because yep. if you've got the story about the problem that you solve and that compelling reason why yep. not like, why you why now why yep. this. Yep. Then, you know, you're approaching an investor, you're approaching a sales person, you know, you're approaching a client, all with this very, very strong thing. And I think that perhaps, you know, the realistic aspect of this is when you start, nearly always your message changes, your product changes, your your service changes, you're going through all of this process and you become a very different thing. I mean, I remember with you guys, what you originally started out and what you became is completely it's evolved. Different
1: it's, it's built. It's built. It's evolved. We have learned more things because the whole thing is around. I think around a startup is you're on a learning experience. So you will learn new things along that. People that stay wedded to the same story, you're going to miss out on all these different things as as you build it through. Because you're discovering new things. You're learning new things. And you're kind of you know you're you're developing and and understanding more and more things and I think you know what I think the companies that are the most interesting companies are the ones that learn that understand that are totally fine with change because it's continuously changing yeah. and then on the other side of it as well is that they just embrace it and they're yeah. just like this is what we're going to kind of keep moving and just keep moving keep moving keep moving and then it's just about making sure that you're around for long enough that, you, that you've had it.
0: And I think that is a really important point because I I think the danger when you take the route of bringing in the adult supervision, and yeah. I definitely made that mistake mm-hmm. less around the PR side. Mm-hmm. I and mean, I had a great freelance person that worked with me, and she wrote me better than I wrote myself. <laughs> I've had, you know, I mean, I've spent the last few months catching up with writing, as, writing my own words okay, as well yeah, as somebody yeah, else yeah, used yeah, to write them okay, for me, which see, has been all, like great. What fun. I have I been saying about myself? It's yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> just yeah, yeah. been great fun. But you know, my, you know, when I brought in the FD and the board and all of this kind of thing, I had this layer of people. Yeah. and i don't think they embraced change and speed and pivoting and flexibility as the positive thing that i saw it mm-hmm. as i think they they saw it as terrifying vicky is going off in another kind of like random direction because she's got bored of the last one you know there's a fractional half truth yeah. perhaps in that but you know again i do yeah. think you have to dismiss what doesn't work quite quickly listen and, yeah. and adapt. How's yeah, that worked for you?
1: For for us, I, it's great. You know, we've got a really support group of people around us who are kind of very much like, you know, supporting us, directing us the right sort of way. We'll sometimes say like like that's maybe not the path you want to go down or sometimes say like you guys are still figuring out some things. That's totally fine. Like figure them out. Like we back you as people to kind of do that. And that's, you know, I I love our support network, our group of people around us. And you know what, it's very much still you know, we're here to support, we're here to guide, we're here to kind of encourage you guys, uh, because we really believe in you guys have a vision, you have a thing that you, you found this huge potential opportunity space that no one else is really attacking, no one else is making great inroads around, and there's a lot of value in it you know like if we're really being honest and saying right okay our b2b bet is that we think that the level of discounting in in in, re, in fashion retail is like too high and people should make less products and make more money from what they sell and it's kind of like right that's a huge space you know We just coming mm-hmm. off Black Friday Cyber Weekend you know we've just put out our stats on it and like 38 I think the average discount is like 38% and you're kind of like right imagine if you just didn't make 10% of the worst stuff. Imagine yeah. if you just didn't do that. I mean, I'm working with people who've
0: got warehouses full of stock that's yeah. two, three, four years old, and yeah. that like costs them money just, just to store
1: it. Just take away like the bottom 10%, take away the bottom 10%, whatever it looks like. And like everyone's kind of saying, well, like that's a huge thing. Like, you guys are going to misstep, you're going to try this, you're going to do this as well. And I think that's super, super powerful. You know, we don't have. You know, an FD, You know, as a senior management team, there, there's three of us. Myself, there's Cal, who does all the operations and the finance part, and there's Jamie who does the tech and product side of it as well. We now have like an in-house accountant, but she's our age. She's like thirty. Do you know what I mean? Like that. I as think well. three
0: and is the perfect but that team the size. Of, us, yeah. of Three is what I found. Yeah, I will never say with.
1: nice things about them on comment on on, on podcast. I will but edit
0: out any compliments. <laughs> don't worry. No, but it works. It works. <laughs> <nicely>. <laughs> we can works add in some it works, it works nicely.
1: It works nicely because you know at the end of the day, it used split it up and then also because it's a three you know we have a you know at the top end we had a five person board but then there's three of us saying this is what we think this is why this is our reasoning and everything around that and I think around all of these things in any startup at the start is you have an opinion you have a thought but then you're looking for data to back up the opinion, back up the position, and this is what we're going to go into.
0: It's a theory in quest of a business model, and you know you, you keep kind of going through that and, right, until you you you've nailed it. it. You yeah,
1: it. You, you, you tweak it, you play about with it, and, and you find interesting things around the space. And it's you know I think the whole thing around it is, is you know we were talking a little bit before we started recording this, uh about you know psychology for you know a lot of this game is psychology like it is how can you be strong enough and mentally well enough to take the hit then to keep going to change course do all these same sorts of things and not allow that to you know eventually just grind you down to a place that you you can't can't continue you know you've got to have that as a central part and understand your own psychology and understand when you need to say Need need to opt out for like a week or two weeks or something like that as well because I need to go refresh and mm-hmm. like that as well. Yeah. And when you actually just say, do you know what, there's six months of total nose to the grind, just have to get this stuff done and come out the other side. Yeah,
0: of I way. think you kind of go through phases of input and or kind of input processing and then execution. Yeah. I mean, not the camera process person yeah. um, or you know, a data person. But, you know, I, I kind of look... I suppose because I don't have the same love of sales, although mm-hmm. I think it's really important for a founder to do it. Yep. Now, I kind of, like, I need to do that you in spurts. To, you need, you I can't to, uh, do it. I don't have the energy to be able to do it nonstop because yep. it's actually quite draining for me. So I I'll kind of have my sales input period, yep. then my processing, and processing of what yes. does, does this really mean, yep. and then what do we do next?
1: Well, I think, I think at the start as well is that, you know, until you have a scalable model and you fully understand your own sales cycle and how long it takes and the levers that you need to pull all of these things like you have to kind of do it yourself to extend. you can have people help and people support but you need to be in it do you know what I mean? Like that's because well. or one of you needs to be in it. Do you know what I mean? And saying, right, we're figuring this out. I'm understanding that, do you know what? If I can get someone to the point of trial, then it's a 40% closure rate at that same sort of stage. Yeah. And this is so, you know, like you then look at it and say, right, this is what I want revenue to look like for the next 12 months. So actually, this is how many people I need to speak to to be able to get to revenue to that same sort of stage. And then you can start to do all those different interesting yeah. things. You there.
0: can't do that in the abstract. You, you, you no, only. You Get to that point when yeah. you have had enough conversations, enough things that have worked and, and haven't worked. Actually, sort of
1: get a when, I, when feel I look at it one more, if, we, if we're thinking about, you know, I'm just talking about Scotland. I know this is for the internet, so the internet is everywhere. Yeah, uh, but
0: we have listeners reality, from all eh, sorts of places, everywhere.
1: But you know, in reality, you know, the Scottish thing is actually, you know, we all talk here about a tech crisis, a tech shortage. You know, we not got enough techs at people, we've not got enough developers. Actually, we don't have nearly enough salespeople oh, who know how to do agree. it, who understand how to do it, who have done it, and who want to come and do startup. Because you know what, the ones that we do have are, you know, in a relatively nice environment because we have a shortage of those sort of people. So it's a very different challenge to find a salesperson than it is to find a developer. You know what I mean? Like you can test most things on a developer, you can't really test a salesperson. Like, yeah,
0: I got some really good advice, which was about hiring two at a time. Yeah.
1: Um, hire one. One will work. One will. Work. I, you, I agree if, with it. If, yeah. you,
0: if you you hire one salesperson and it doesn't work out, you have no idea if it's you, the product, them, yeah. your training methods, yeah. anything. Two at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, was some very good practical advice I got around. Did that.
1: you Did you take it?
0: Yeah, uh, as much as I could afford to. Yeah. Although I over you know, I overspent on wonderful individuals who brought level of seniority that I didn't have, but probably weren't didn't have enough to work with yeah um if that makes sense so um you know because i'm i'm old and, and bitter and, and i really can't sort of stand the idea that you are as perfect as everybody says you are is there anything you have really screwed up uh, all time. and you would urge people to all learn from
1: all the time me some uh, so firstly there's no way uh me and Vicky recently spoke on a panel, and everyone was really nice to me, and I found it painfully awkward. Oh, so did and I! Disgusting. <laughs> and I, I wanted to I kick them yeah, Stop yeah, being so
0: nice to Callie. Really, I'm really, on this panel too.
1: It was really awkwardly weird. <laughs> uh, I, but I've got the Scottish thing about me is that if people think if people are being nice to me, I genuinely worry. That, like they've done something to me, and they just haven't told me yet. You know, I, I'm like, I'm like, why are you being so nice to me? I just thought you uh, drugged them all. I don't know. I know it was weird. It was very strange. Uh, but yeah no lots of things like you know we haven't done things quick enough sometimes we've gone down the wrong path we bought the wrong product for i'd say for six months Do you know what i mean like that as well and it's just because you're taking advice sometimes from the wrong people or you listen to the wrong customer or you're just you're doing things in the wrong way and actually you need to pull yourself away from it you know think about stuff a little bit more and, and then kind of keep going i also like i'm horrible at just wanting to go and dive into things and then i kind of forget that oh shit i'm probably should share the things that I'm doing with people. Do you know what I mean? Like, or like, the, I'm, I'm selling this to this person. Do you know what I mean? And oh I'm yeah, kinda, I'm we just gone, sold this thing, guys. You need to build it. I've gone a little it. bit <laughs> off book, to be honest with you. But, you know, I needed to, I wanted to get it done. Or like, you know, we said pricing is this, and I've changed pricing to make it this, because that's what it took me to get the deal. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then it's like, right, actually, we need to go back and look at that, and you know, kind of explore that and stuff like <laughs> that as well. Or like, you know what, I've signed, you know, we did an agreement with a really big US retailer, and like just took, it was it was a really, it was a small deal, but it was a good deal. And it was like, we just took some of the terms and conditions. And then we, when we went back through, and like, oh, shit, we should probably not sign yes. this. yeah. But it's okay. You're like, okay. you're not, they're not going to enforce it. So you're fine. But you're just kind of like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, it's lots of things. But I think the thing around that is, so, you know, we've, we've recently introduced like the OKR system and I love it. I love the whole thing around it. Objective, key results. You're meant to try to get to I think it's like 60 or 70%. So you set them hard. Mm. And I like setting a big target and like working my ass off towards it, but you're expected not to make it all the way there. Yeah. And actually now that's getting so much more focus. I really wish we'd done that like two years ago. I think we'd be I think we'd be 18 months ahead of where we are if we'd done it two years ago. That's right. And really then interesting. actually going and being really brilliant. And I think it's at any one early stage now. When I speak, when people come and ask for advice or come talk, I'm like, right, genuinely serious. So I used to do it at the re- at the start I used to do it with like how long can I survive for? So it used to be like I have to have got to this point. So you remember when like we did first round, so we did like yep. we were, we we're with, uh, we did with the, the dinner that we did. That means nothing to anyone It's just no, we enough. we, we, we
0: kind of have evolved yeah, yeah, in the same yeah, time we, sequence, so we've tended to do yeah. our yeah. Yeah, rounds etc. Yeah, a yeah. yeah. so,
1: there, yeah, but that, and I was like, I need to raise money by this point, and that was kind of like my objective. And yep. The key result is money needs to be in the bank because then I have no more money. Literally, yep. I am skint. My overdraft is gone. My credit cards are gone. I need cash. Yeah, so and I mean that, that is yeah.
0: the reality.
1: It's great to have those things, but then once you get to a certain stage, what we start to happen is that like we're saying, well, we've actually now got like two years cash. So you like, you're, you've just kind of stopped doing that. You stopped yeah. having this like really short thing. So like And I never got
0: to that point. I never did an, I was always raising money. Always raising so money. I was always chasing the money more than I was chasing the sale. And yeah. they actually lead you into two opposing very, directions very, it's, very, it, very quickly. It's,
1: you, know, I've, you know, I've done a period where I've like, I had to do sales and investment probably for like the same time for like six months. And it's very draining. You know I mean? Like someone once told me, uh, like when you're raising investment, raising investment will make you feel as good about yourself as you can ever feel, but also as bad about yourself as you can ever feel at exactly the same time, probably within the same hour. Because someone will <laughs> oh, tell you. you try being some, getting resigned. S- s- that s- s- makes s- you feel <laughs> quite good too. Someone, someone, <laughs> someone will tell you, someone will tell you that you're amazing, and someone will tell you you're awful yep. within a very short space of time. And like you sometimes can't take, in the same you meeting, ca- you cannot yeah. take, you cannot take that too much to heart for where that sets and kind of everything around that. So actually saying, right, this is what we're gonna achieve in a quarter or like a two weeks brand, anything like that becomes super, super powerful. And that's something that we've put in place that mm-hmm. you know I really love putting in place. And everybody now, like, you know, I've recently been like, you know, I've probably kind of meet two people a month and say, come and ask for advice and be like, right, what, where, where are you gonna to get to in three months from now? And yeah. it's kind of like, you know, you're either gonna to get to this point this point. There's one, you know, really great company and they were like right we're either going to get to like a hundred subscribers for our service or we're going to be at a point where we're raising investment it's going to be one mm. of the two yeah and something like that as well i spoke to them yesterday and they're at 70 with like six weeks go. Yeah. and you're kind of like this is amazing you're gonna and doing this.
0: that it that way round you know getting the sale traction hitting that, the hitting that target then raising money yeah. is the wisest super powerful do. yeah
1: super powerful for for where that sets for where they understand that uh, but yeah, it's it's just that, you know, how do they position it? How do they make yeah. it through and stuff like that as well? And it's, you know, if we if we take the initial question, really look at everything you're doing. Like it's the, mm. the, oh, there's the, the, the idea of making a list of the 20 most important things you've got to do and then focusing on three of them. For like three months, just focus on three of them. Be like, how do I do this? How do I get this to this point? How do I close X, Y and Z and just like nail them, keep going at them? How do you build that through? Yeah. And, you know, that then becomes... A really powerful thing to do
0: brilliant thank you so much Pleasure. Callie so you've been listening to Callie Russell and Vicky Brock entrepreneur agony aunts and um, you can submit your question at vickybrock.com slash podcast um.